Hey y'all, Darius Rucker here. You know, a lot of people ask me, what inspires your music? And one of the big things is a strong sense of place. That's why I love my home state of South Carolina and want to share the awesome things it has to offer. From the beautiful mountains down to the sunny coast, it's got it all. Not to mention two of my personal favorites, great golf and amazing food. Come see why I love this place. Visit discoversouthcarolina.com. Hey, y'all, Darius Rucker here. You know, a lot of people ask me, what inspires your music? And one of the big things is a strong sense of place. That's why I love my home state of South Carolina and want to share the awesome things it has to offer. From the beautiful mountains down to the sunny coast, it's got it all. Not to mention two of my personal favorites, great golf and amazing food. Come see why I love this place. Visit discoversouthcarolina.com. Welcome to Sewing Out Loud, the official podcast of ZD Sewing Studio. Here are your hosts, ZD and Mallory. Hello and welcome to the podcast. I'm Mallory Donahue. And this is ZD Donahue. And today we're talking about needles, uh, sewing machine needles in particular. And I haven't told ZD how I want to structure this yet, but uh, this might be a two-parter. I'm thinking. Oh, yeah? Yeah, because I... I, You think I know that much about needles? Well, I had a revelation about needles that I haven't shared with you yet. Um, I'm sure you've already had the revelation. So, anyway, when when we talk about that part, that might have to be part two. But uh, sewing machine needles are different from hand needles. Think about it for a second. You know, listeners, and how are they different? How are they different, Mom? Tell them. Well, one way they're different is they're certainly shaped much different and have different parts. And the eye of the needle is towards the point on a machine needle, and the eye is at the end of what I would call the end of the needle on a hand needle. Yeah, so I was listening to another podcast that I love called Stuff You Missed in History Class, and it was about the contentious invention of the sewing machine and you know how certain people say they patented the sewing machine and other people say they did and it's all very very fraught with uh you know lots of conflict and the big thing that stood in the way though even before these people that stood in the way of someone creating a machine that would sew and make stitch after stitch after stitch was putting that eye of the needle near the point it was it was like no one could figure that out for the longest time. So, it, so that was the hang-up. Th- th- that yeah. was the hang-up, you know. And then yeah. after that, you know, I guess a few people say they came up with it at the same time, et cetera, et cetera. But um, that that was the big deal, that the thread, that the needle had to be able to go in and out of the fabric and drop that thread down and there. drop that thread, You know, right. without having to go completely through it like we do with the, with the hand sewing and needle. And as it is now, the needle, or the needle you know, I mean, it's not the needle, of course, pierces with every stitch, but you know the thread goes up and down through the fabric several times well, before it actually yeah, makes a stitch. Yeah, you know, and that's something that I think um, people don't realize. And I was just teaching an embroidery class, and we were stitching an ultra suede and sticky stabilizer, and the thread was shredding on this lady's machine. And she says, "Oh, I think it's happening up in the machine there," because we would see that the thread right. was shredded over the needle, but I I don't know if this is the right number, but I think that maybe Doug from Baby Lock told me that the thread goes through the fabric like 
close to 50 times? Like the eye of the needle, I think it's something like 46 yeah, times or, so, or something. Before right. it's actually laid down So it fabric. actually rides through that mm-hmm. eye, that hole in mm-hmm. the needle like 46 times. And so, also through your fabric. And, well, right, and right. And in this case, so that's stabilizer. Have, so if you have, you know, crappy thread... It, it's not going to stay. It's already worn out then by the time you make your project. Right, right. And actually the, what what turned out to be the problem in this case was the thread. Um, it wasn't the right thread for the job. You yeah. know, it was, you it was a stronger thread. We needed a stronger thread. But, right. yeah, you know, you can think, oh, there's something wrong up in my machine, and it's not. It's right. maybe something wrong. And it, it looks like it because it, it appears that the thread is shredding above the needle. Right, that, right. That's yeah, correct. exactly, exactly. Right. So Well, and that thread is not one fiber that thread is several fibers you know twisted together it's 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 several plies it's not one you know so let's yeah let's talk about that a little bit some another sort of uh revelation i i feel like i was like oh this is all making so much sense to me right (laughs) uh is that there's a groove in the needle it's right. called the groove. It's on it the front. Is. It's called yep. the groove, and it's on the front of the on needle. The front of the needle. On every machine needle, there's a groove on there's the front. Groove. I guarantee you. Your thread has to lay in that groove, it and it rides I, in it. Ideally, mm-hmm. I think that you know, if you think about like a round cylinder that is your needle, and that groove's cut out. If you're using the right size needle and the right with the right size thread, etc., like the perfect couple, that almost makes like it completes the cylinder. It's not too big, right. it, you know. It's not too small, and uh, the that groove is very important. The size of your needle is important for your thread, right? Um, so that it doesn't create too much that that the the contact between the thread and the fabric or the stabilizer or whatever is not too much, right? You're right? trying you're trying not again. You're really trying not to wear out the thread before it it goes into the project. And yeah, and the in the blog post I say you know don't just think of your needle as something to pierce your fabric. It's like a thread delivery. System. system. Yeah, a tool. You know, it's a thread It's right. a thread deliverer as well. So you have to think about that. And, you know, the shape of your eye and the size of your eye is important. The shape of the point of the needle. There's several mm-hmm. things that, 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 that determine are important. the correct needle. And we have another. I talk about Doug from Baby Lock. He's a nice guy. Uh, we have a little video with him on how a stitch is formed. And he uses one of those big Schmetz needles. Yeah, that is like the model that they won't. Their model. They won't. And it's like they what, say, eighteen inches long. Yeah, yeah, and they they right. say that their supplier isn't making them anymore. But I want one really bad. Anyway, um, I want this model needle, and he shows us the needle goes down into the fabric as it comes back up. It creates a loop. Right. You know that upper thread. Um, it creates a loop that your bobbin thread gets to catch. Uh, to create that chain stitch. And so if your thread's too big, things can get caught up in there, you know, right. or if your and, thread's and the too drag, big. Yeah, the drag. The drag on, on the thread is very important. It very has important. to do with the timing yeah. and where the bobbin is going to, that bobbin yeah. uh, is going to pick up that loop and complete that uh, stitch formation. Yeah, so I'll, I'll put this video um, in the show notes or link to the, the blog, and it's another video where I get, maybe a little too excited about what we're talking about and get a little squeaky, kind of like the how to mark darts video. Um, but maybe you'll understand why I do that. So let's talk about, let's just back up a little bit and talk about the parts of the needle. I'm going to go from the tip up and I'm using a diagram from schmetzneedles.com. So the first thing that they point out is the tip of the needle. This is the pointy part right. that goes through your fabric. So talk, talk, to, talk about well, tips. And it's not always a point. Sometimes it is more more rounded. Um, like a if ball you're, point. If right. you're 
a ballpoint that that would be what you would use with knits or fabrics where you're trying to separate the fibers and go through it you use a ballpoint if a sharp needle actually could possibly pierce you know well it does pierce the fabric but it also could possibly break some of the threads you like know snag, and fibers snag almost right a, a you, you want it to something. well you you want it not to snag right that's why you're using the uh you know the sharp end of the needle the other thing you have, and this is with a leather needle, is that needle, if you look at it, is is more like the shape of a flat screwdriver, well, well, like I'll, a knife. It actually slices and the let me, hide. Let me stop you here because Schmetz, this diagram, makes a distinction mm-hmm. between the tip and the point of the needle. Oh, okay. So, and the, the t- I know what you're saying, and I was I actually maybe you just noticed this for the first time. Um, the tip of the needle is the first part that you know joins in that fabric, and then the point is like the side of the needle as it gets wider to prepare to make an opening for the eye. Okay. So that point, I think, would be the knifey part of a leather needle that slices through right. the hide. So because yeah. the hide has to be sliced. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And and the other thing I'd just like to say here, just as a note, um, a leather needle really needs to be used on probably only a hide or a leather because hides and leathers um, will, you know, heal up or they won't continue to rip. To, to rip. I've heard people say, oh, I can use a leather needle on vinyl. Well, you can't because it slices it and it will rip the fabric or <laughs> encourage I don't know or, if anybody can hear this. I, I don't know if anybody can hear but I have a great Dane who's, like, trying to talk to me while yeah. I, I am talking into the microphone. The baby's more well-behaved during podcast time than the great right. Dane. Okay, so that's the point. So we can have different tips. We can have different points. Uh, we can have different eyes of our needles, too. And the the eye of the needle can be shaped differently. And this right. is, I would say, that eye shape, eye size is really to accommodate threads. The Absolutely. Point, yeah, the point Absolutely. and the tip are more for accommodating fabrics. Right. And here we're getting into accommodating threads. Right. Um, universal needles, that's what we use most of the time. Right. Uh, uh, the and the universal needle. needle is... Just, you know, like a little bit to the left of being sharp. Right. So it's not the sharpest needle that you can have. Yeah. You hear, you, in the old days, all you heard was sharps and ballpoints, sharps and ballpoints, and there wasn't anything in the middle. And now they do that universal. And it works really well because, of course, a lot of our fabrics now, too, are a cross between maybe blended. a knit and a woven. Blended right? fibers. They're, they're yeah, blended, blended fibers. Yeah. Right. So uh, the that, one thing you want, yeah. I mean is you want a quality needle. And you want a needle that's been pulled and honed versus a needle that has been stamped. Right, right. And and Schmetz will do that for you. So the eye of the needle on, I often point this out for embroidery, um, for metallics, uh, the eye will be uh, taller and, and bigger to accommodate that. Right, and it's the, a bigger, longer eye. Right, and, and uh, that thread, we're asking that metallic thread, to go through the fabric and go through the eye of the needle, whatever, that 40, 46 times or whatever like that. And when you say metallic thread, what people need to understand is it is metallic. It's truly metal. It doesn't just look like shiny metal. There's really metal there. So we're asking metal 
to, you know, loop and curl and, you know, do all these things. So that's what you're asking metal to do. Right. Or even even if it is, I know some metallic threads, they're not necessarily metal. They're like polyester that's been made to look, you know, metallic. But that that is a weaker iteration of the fiber than how when, when they just spin it and everything. And, and, so, and when it gets bent or looped or whatever, it starts to weaken. Yes, right. yes. And it, it's going to be more prone to breakage. And, right. you know, I'll have somebody say, oh, I was stitching the metallic thread and my thread broke. And I'm like, well, how many times? <laughs> And if they say just once, I'm like, okay, your machine's fine. <laughs> you know, it might it might break once for you. You know, if you if it's breaking over and over again, you need to you know do some changes to your to your needles or to your um, you know, to your machine settings or something like that. Maybe slow it down. But you know, with metallic thread, if you experience one or two thread breakages over the course of a really intense design or lots of like free motion quilting. It's okay. Maybe you just need to slow things down a little slow bit. Slow things just down um, is a really good thing. Or sometimes the you might have too dense of a design. You, that's true. I mean, it's really not the right thread, like, all the time. Hey, y'all. Darius Rucker here. You know, a lot of people ask me, what inspires your music? And one of the big things is a strong sense of place. That's why I love my home state of South Carolina and want to share the awesome things it has to offer. From the beautiful mountains down to the sunny coast, it's got it all. Not to mention two of my personal favorites, great golf and amazing food. Come see why I love this place. Visit discoversouthcarolina.com. Hey, y'all. Darius Rucker here. You know, a lot of people ask me, what inspires your music? And one of the big things is a strong sense of place. That's why I love my home state of South Carolina and want to share the awesome things it has to offer. From the beautiful mountains down to the sunny coast, it's got it all. Not to mention two of my personal favorites, great golf and amazing food. Come see why I love this place. Visit discoversouthcarolina.com. You did something for the first time. You know, um, but... The the next part of the needle that we can uh, talk about is the groove. We talked about it a little bit before, but just keep in mind with the size of your needle. We d- we talked about how the the tip and the point were kind of for fabrics. The eye is more for threads, you know, accommodating threads. And uh, the size of your needle can change according to how thick your fabric is or how thick your thread is. And if you have a bigger needle, you'll get a bigger groove. So keep that in and mind. And a bigger eye. And a bigger eye, yeah. So you can have like a size 7011, uh, or excuse me, 7010, it's 7511 uh, metallic needle, or you can have a size 9014 metallic needle, you know. And so when Mallory says 9014, that's one needle. And 90 is the European number and the 14 is the domestic or the u.s number which is used we tend in our shop to use the european numbers mallory's for better european well mallory, which is funny because <laughs> mallory mallory's certainly more european oriented mm-hmm. than i am and i i really struggle with what the u.s numbers are i i'm Well, I was about to say, I was about to say, oh, well, it's because you're a medical professional, but then medical needles are labeled completely different. They're they're done by gauges, right? (laughs) So anyway. And they're they're, hollow in the middle, too. Yeah, and and, well, and they're they're labeled, like, thread is labeled, and then you start talking about thread weight. Anyway, we'll get get to that. So so the groove, um, the size of your needles, so sometimes people are like, oh, I'm doing something on, I don't know, canvas, like kind of a lighter, medium weight canvas, and then they think they need, like, a size 
100 needle or size 90 right. needle. Not necessarily true right. all and the time. And 100 is really big when right. you say that. Right, right. Really Sometimes fat needle. if you are using the correct type of needle, like if you're using an extra sharp needle, it'll give you that penetrating power right. on those types of fabric, and it doesn't have to be a big needle. Because I, I think you'll second this. Oh, let's try to use the smallest needle possible right. to make the smallest hole in my project right, you know you don't right. want overly big right. needle i mean holes, basically you know? when you're making a hole in in whatever fabric or, or whatever you're using you want it to heal back up you right. don't want to see that hole yeah yeah unless you are using some kind of you know wing needle or something like right. that you know one thing i didn't mention was the blade of the needle the the blade contrary to what you might think I would think the blade is what they actually call the point, but the blade is kind of that body of the needle, that straight, you know, body of the needle, um, which would be heavier, would be thicker with a higher size needle or something like a denim needle that's meant to go through heavier fabric. But I think we pretty much covered that. So then you got got the shoulder of the needle. It's where the needle widens um, to get up to... The shank of the needle, and the shank of the needle is what goes into your machine. And I don't think we need to go into this a whole bunch yet, but a little PSA. If your needle's not all the way up in your machine, you will get a bad stitch, no stitch at all, punctured bobbin, anything, bobbin uh, case. Yeah, uh, come yeah. on, give, give them to me. Uh, give them to $150 me. repair right, on there your you machine. Go. There's a lot <laughs> of things needle. that can happen. Broken needle, bent needle. Broken blah, needle blah, in blah. your eye, you know, right. okay, so right. all sorts of stuff. The other thing is, on all home machines that are sold in this country, the, well, currently sold, I guess there's some back in the dark ages, you use an H-type needle, which means home or stands for home, so that's real easy. And the shank is flat on the back, and the flat always goes to the back. And if you can't see it, certainly you can feel it. Right, right. So flat to the back. Now, there are a couple machines that sort of straddle that line, I feel mm-hmm. like, between domestic and right. industrial. And they have um, a side-loading bobbin and why do i mention this with needles because the flat will go to the right because your bobbin will load over to your left and the flat will face that right so really when you are encountering sewing machines the the rule is that the the flat of that shank goes like opposite the bobbin case you know here again Uh if all else fails there's an owner's manual. That's right. You read your owner's manual. The, but the other, you know, you can put your needle in backwards. You know what this uh, this diagram doesn't have on it because it's like the front of the needle. And I don't know if they have a better one, another one on their um, site is uh, the scarf the of the scarf, needle. Which the scarf. The back of the needle. Which is like is behind and above the eye. Mm-hmm. And basically it, 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 again, shapes the needle and hels it perform the specific you know, function it's supposed to form. It, it, yeah, it helps it. It helps create that loop of thread. Right, right. That, and yeah, it makes the, it's mm. part of what makes the needle the size it is and yep. things like that. Yep, yep. Right. Okay, and then there's a place on the needle where it says the size. That's kind of boring, and Schmetz has their own little color coding system, which isn't boring. That's kind of cool. But my favorite part of the needle is all the way at the top, and it's called the butt. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that. It's you liked that. B-U-T-T. But. Yes. Uh, okay. 
and you could be the butt of one of Mallory's jokes if That's you're not right. careful. That's right. You, it's careful. Exactly. Exactly. So uh, anyway, I, I I think we've covered uh, what what other was I what else was I wanting to cover this? Why well, the other thing about far? needles that's something you haven't mentioned, and I don't know if if, if you know. Is, Go girl. Okay, they're they're not all made of the same thing. Yeah. There's steel, there's titanium needles. I mean, they're all a metal, or they should be a metal. Um, there's So there's there's reasons for that, depending on how strong they are. Uh, the other thing is some needles actually have a coating on them, yeah, like good, a yeah, Teflon-type yeah. coating. Uh, I'm thinking of a jeans needle, for one thing. Yeah. Well, or a denim, okay, jeans the, or denim. These or, are the coatings right. I know of. So right. jeans needle with that. The right. Teflon on them. Right. And then some of our surgery needles, they say uh, CF on them. Right. And that means chrome finish. And once right. again, another sort of like lubricator. Right. Um, right. Um, I don't, you know, I'm not sure about this, but Microtex, I believe, have something too. And they're a very strong needle. Uh, the Microtex needle, they're a good, strong, and then sharp, piercing needle. I know that uh, the gold embroidery needles or the right. titanium embroidery needles, they're coated right. basically with that finish on them. And that is what we recommend right. for those sticky stabilizers that um, that helps a lot with your needle doesn't get any extra drag on it, especially during embroidery because you're stitching so fast. Now, the other thing I'm going to recommend, and this is a little bit away from needles, but if you are on something sticky like that or gummy or you've decided to um, sew through uh, something that has glue or you've glued something and you're sewing through, anything that can get like an adhesive on the needle, and this happens and we do it all the time, you you may need some alcohol next to your machine, and you may need to wipe that needle down. <laughs> yeah, and you, I was I was you talking might need about some alcohol next right, to your machine. I was talking about, <laughs> I mean, ethyl versus methyl alcohol. You could have either one, Whatever. but <laughs> both would work. Um, actually, I'm really good on using um, alcohol, alcohol wipes, wipes like that you give an injection with. Like yeah. diabetics would yeah. be anybody who takes an injection, or you know. They're the little swipes that they're uh, singular, you know, singularly you just, packaged. Just steal them from your doctor's office. Right. Or you can you can buy them at ER. You can or buy or them buy at them. Walmart in a big package, Whatever. like a hundred come in a package, Whatever. or uh, Target or or where whatever kind of store you go to. But um, your pharmacy will always say, "Is where are your alcohol wipes?" And they know what you're hey, talking about. Tell me what what tell me what kind of things dull your needle. Everything. <laughs> So when someone says, "Oh, I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to sew through that paper; it'll dull my needle." Yeah, everything's gonna. And dull when your it needle. sews through that fabric, it dulls that. Everything dulls your needle. That's why I have always insisted. And now that I've learned, Mallory watched me while she was growing up, and apparently was in awe of some of my practices. I have a needle library. I don't have one or two needles I can use in my sewing machine. I have all the needles I think I possibly might need. They're sitting in the drawer, you know, right next to my machine, on the table that my machine's on. And I know that if something happens or a needle's not working or a stitch isn't forming the way I want, I can switch my needle Man, and it, I can use it. It can make all the difference in the world. I know I keep coming back to embroidery, um, and I guess I shouldn't apologize for that necessarily because I know a lot of people embroider right. out there. I had a lady with a really high-end machine come in, and she was stitching on a very thin 
knit to monogram like hoodies you know like loungewear stuff and her it looked terrible i mean she just convinced something was wrong with her machine and we switched it to a ballpoint for embroidery and it was just perfect i mean you can really think there's something wrong with your machine i feel like that's almost maybe the theme of our well it it should be the theme of it it should be of our lives it was always the theme when i taught class when i we, we call them guide classes which are the classes that teach you how to use your machine, not specifically how to sew, but they teach you about the tools of sewing. And I would have like one whole lecture on threads and one whole lecture on needles and because those things can make it such a difference. You can't believe it. I, I call it what I, what do I call it? I call it Halloween fabric. What did you call it? Circus tent fabric or something. <laughs> Circus fabric, which is like the really not high quality fabric that you might buy around Halloween. And if you've got a good needle, you can sew it. Right. And it can be terrible fabric, but that good needle makes a difference. And you might pay a little bit more, like a whole dollar more, you know, for five needles or something. But it's just it makes such a if you don't have the right tools, it, it doesn't work. Um, it, 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 you won't be happy. You won't be successful. What makes us happy when we sew, what makes us have fun when we sew is being successful, just like anything else in life. And if it takes an extra dollar to buy the right tool or the right product to make it happen, that's what you want to do. The last thing I want to do is sew something and it looks ugly or I have to throw it away or I have to take it out. I mean, I don't want to spend I, 20 minutes right. on something and have it not look but, good versus well, whatever, 20 hours. Because you the know? one thing you cannot buy is time. You can't buy it back. You can't borrow it. You can't get it from everybody Preach. else. So if you're wasting it by using, you know, substandard quality, uh, you know, tools or whatever, um, even technique, then you, you've wasted your time and you're not going to get it back. Absolutely. So use the right needle for the job. Uh, I'll post some links to guides for needles. I even think maybe I'll just keep notes and Maybe we'll have an episode every once in a while where someone was doing this. And, and, and people, we, we and people will say, how often yeah. do you change your needle? I guess my best answer is I change my needle all the time. All the time. Except, you know, I've got a denim needle that I take in and out of my machine because when I uh, – because, okay, I hem a pair of jeans. I'm not going to discard that needle and never use it again. You know, I put it back. I've, I've marked – I. I have a marking system. We can show that in the blog. Right. And then, yeah, I know I can use that needle again. Uh, there's, there's now. What do you do with broken needles and stuff? I, I have a whole thing on that. Mallory, is that in our next talk, or yeah, do we talk about let's it now? Talk about changing needles and other things. Uh, you know, in the in the next episode. Okay. okay. All, All right. right. Well, signing off. Thank you for listening to uh, Sewing Out Loud podcast. And this is goodbye from CDM Mallory. Thanks for listening to Sewing Out Loud. For even more expert sewing advice, visit SewHere.com. Hey, y'all. Darius Rucker here. You know, a lot of people ask me, what inspires your music? And one of the big things is a strong sense of place. That's why I love my home state of South Carolina and want to share the awesome things it has to offer. From the beautiful mountains down to the sunny coast, it's got it all. Not to mention two of my personal favorites, great golf and amazing food. Come see why I love this place. Visit discoversouthcarolina.com. Discover South Carolina.
Hey y'all, Darius Rucker here. You know, a lot of people ask me, what inspires your music? And one of the big things is a strong sense of place. That's why I love my home state of South Carolina and want to share the awesome things it has to offer. From the beautiful mountains down to the sunny coast, it's got it all. Not to mention two of my personal favorites, great golf and amazing food. Come see why I love this place. Visit discoversouthcarolina.com. 